The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Navigating the journey called life doesn't get any easier as we move through it, but we can learn from what we have within us to make it more enjoyable in the long run. Welcome to Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Your host is Alexandra Janelli. In our program, we set out to provide you with the undiscovered wisdom within you to handle even life's bumpy spots. Now, here is the host, founder and practitioner of Theta Spring, Alexandra Janelli. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Mental Sherpa Show. Your host, Alexandra Janelli. We're broadcasting live today out of one of the WeWorks down in the Financial District of New York City. And I want to thank WeWork for letting us host out of their offices today. It's going to be a great show, and we have a really interesting guest today that is going to be helping us talk about marketing. And I wanted to have him on because as a hypnotherapist and life coach, and as part of the mission of the Mental Sherpa. Life is all about understanding who you are in the world, but there's another component of how the world interacts with you as a person. And we wanted to begin to talk about this interaction from the other side, from a marketing standpoint. And so my guest today is Marcus Glover, and I wanted to go ahead and introduce him. So welcome to the show. Why, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's great. And so tell uh, my listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, thanks for, for one, giving me the opportunity to come and talk with you. It's always fun to um, exchange and dialogue. Um, my name is Marcus Glover, and um, I, who I am, it depends on the day, I guess. <laughs> it doesn't it always in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, from the time that I was a very small child, my mom used to say that I, um, I was a jack of uh, all trades, master of none. And, and I think yeah, that's thanks, kind mom. of, yeah, <laughs> you know, kind of a diss, but kind of a compliment, but kind of a diss. Oh, right, right. <laughs> um, but I think in that spirit, you know, that is how my life has proceeded with is not necessarily on a very rigid um, career journey, but um, using my curiosity, my, my interest, my desire to discover new things um, has been very much how my journey has unfolded. How interesting. And tell us a little bit about curiosity, how that played a role for you, because it's such a good word, and I use it a lot on the Mental Sherpa show, is you have to be curious about the world around you and curious to try on new ideas and thoughts in order to begin to create a shift and change in your life. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. I, I think that, you know, when you accept that curiosity about yourself, it builds a certain amount of confidence. And, you know, when you look at different things in the world, for me, um, I'm just deeply fascinated about different things. And when I 
endeavor upon them, I look at people who are doing them and I think to myself, well, they're no different than I am and mm -hmm. I can do what that person's doing. Yep. Um, and so, you know, my career has taken me from different facets of feature filmmaking. Um, I'm a film producer, soon to be a film director. Um, I endeavor in investment banking because I look at, you know, wealthy guys who are bankers and I think, well, why should they have all the fun? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, are they having fun now is well, the question. That, I guess <laughs> I will find out soon enough. Yeah. Um, I have um, owned and led um, advertising agencies on the creative side and work for major corporations and um, people in entertainment um, very big names in entertainment, helping to lead their marketing and brand discoveries. Um, I've created my own foundations in philanthropy uh, work, and so you've I been just, busy. I have been busy, but uh, you know, it. I think the signature theme through it all. Most people look at my resume and they think this is a deeply distracted and. ADHD candidate, um, but there is one sort of signature theme through my life and my work, which is storytelling, and I believe that um, so much of what we see in the world isn't what it seems on the surface. It's actually just good, great storytelling, you know? It, that's such a wonderful way to put it, and actually on episode four, we had a lady, a woman named Brianna Rodriguez, who dubs herself as a storyteller she created this wonderful documentary that I actually got to be a part of called Minus the Doubt and I, I remember asking her I was like what do you mean that your title is a storyteller and it, everyone has a story everything has a story right no commercial no and nothing can be made without a story behind it in a lot of ways well that's exactly right you know one could argue that um, during the time of the ascent of Apple computing, Apple computers, um, what set it apart was just a well-told story, a better told story than its competitors. Right. Um, so it really shows that even in things like hardware and computing, a better told story is what helps to elevate it into the minds and imagination of people. I like that you use the word imagination, right? Because our future is very untold. In some way, and some people believe we all have a purpose and a passion. It's already told for us, but we sort of create the story. Well, yeah, I mean, or the story creates itself. The I story creates itself, argue. and in many ways, we are the creators of the story. Um, that's that's a very um, it's a rough thing to accept and understand that you know what could be your greatest attribute as a person is just your ability to accept your own story and mm -hmm. to tell your own story. Um, you're not actually a mathematician or a, an engineer or a musician. You're a storyteller. Right. And um, to find that, you know, in my opinion, I don't think there's any greater illustration of great storytelling than America itself. You know, America, in, if anything, it prides itself on is its story, its story of democracy, and that right. we, we, we pride ourselves with being the, the most egalitarian, idealistic country in the world based on our values, which is our story. Right, Regardless right. if it's true or not, it's our story. Well, I keep laughing, actually, through this whole um, campaign for the presidential, for the presidency, and I keep going, gosh, 
America really needs, we've got a great story, but we really need a better PR team because the whole world's looking at us going, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, really, people? So it's, it's just funny to think about how, you know, even on a bigger scale, where marketing and PR comes into it, too. Well, absolutely. I, 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 I think, uh, yeah, America probably could use a little PR cleanup right about now. A little absolutely. damage control. Absolutely. <laughs> so if you were going to look at your story and all these amazing things that you've been able to do, all these experiences that you've had, which have been the most influential that have gotten you to where you are today? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, frequently I reflect, it's, it's counterintuitive, I think, my answer. I, I, um, I don't really reflect on my perceived successes as much as I reflect on the things that I think represented failure to me. Um, I think some of the things that I look on upon as being failure represent the most amount of growth for me, mm -hmm. the biggest periods of transformation and change for me. And those are the moments that I'm actually the most proud of in my life. Um, you know, things of a personal nature, things of a professional nature that I can look at as being what we might call a low point, but really helped to create periods of enormous growth for me. Beautifully said. So well put. And it, it's been coming up more and more in my office when I'm working with clients, whether it's life coaching or hypnotherapy, the word failure. It's it's so, we already have a preconceived notion of failure, but the truth is just what you're describing. There is really no such thing as failing. It's really, if you can come at it from a different energy to see it as an opportunity to inspect something, to say, what might not have worked or where can I improve upon this? You know. It, it's truly just an experience. And when I teach people about those energy levels, the opportunist, as we talked about in episode two, we actually go through all the different energy levels. The opportunist really removes the judgment of good or bad and just says, what's the opportunity here to learn? And if you're not learning, you're not growing as a person. So you have to keep growing. Well, yeah, I've, I've, I've found that the fascinating thing in my life is that um, I revisit um, it, it you know we look at life as being the start date the day we were born and this linear timeline very linear a flat straight line until the moment you depart whereas I really look at life as being cycles and spirals right. because I continue to come around to some of the similar themes in my life. But what separates them is my attitude towards them. It changes over time, doesn't it? It absolutely If you does. give yourself the ability to do it, and I was just talking with Dr. <clears throat> Friedman, who is on episode three, I believe, and we were just talking about, you know, change can't occur without an awareness. Absolutely. I think that is... To be like, whoa, here's a path. How do I keep circling back to yeah. the same thing? Yeah. And, and really what in many ways it has come down to for me is there's something above emotion, you know, because at certain points in my life, what has been the, um, the outcome or the attitude towards an event has been my emotion towards it. 
But when you get above emotion, you really start to see that you can you can take an attitude towards any event in your life any way you want to. There's mm-hmm. no there's nothing that says a heartbreak mean, means sadness. Right, and you're probably gonna you always go to what you know, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's the neuroplasticity of the mind. You're gonna that to describe neuroplasticity it's the way that your neurons fire it's the path that you create to go from a to b right like you might always approach it negatively but you can begin to carve a new path too towards positive it's just going to be a little bit stickier at first until it becomes smoother absolutely one of my all-time favorite books um i read it just about once a year is the book um the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People mm. um, by uh, Stephen Covey. I'm a big Covey guy. I'm a Covey head. Um, and I just, I, I've, re- I've read the book every year for about the past 15 years. And every year that I read it, it's as if I'm reading it for the first time. Well, you're always, and that, that's such a great point, because you're always changing, right? I have clients who come in and they're like, oh, you know, I read the Alan Carr book, The Easy Way to Quit Smoking, and it worked for me then, but why isn't it working for me now? And I'm like, because you're not the same person. Right, right. You're always going to read it with a different set of eyes. Yes. Even after, to my listeners, even after you guys listen to this radio show, even though it's an hour long, you might only get a small percentage that resonates with you. You can't be the same person as you were when you first started listening. Yes, that's absolutely right. But in the book, he 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 refers to a um, a person who was in the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and this person was recounting their experience and was really giving the feeling of what it was like to be in a concentration camp. He described the mood, the smell, the temperature, and automatically after hearing it your your you your emotion towards it started to rise you started to have i mean my my heart started to race thinking about it and what the point of this person's experience was was what he learned was even in the midst of that great horror that moment of pure horror and terror in his life what he realized was he still had a choice he didn't necessarily have to give in to feelings of despair towards it and to me that was and represents an idea in my mind that always gives me power is the power to choose and you have to be aware of choice too um i think when people come at it from that the world's against me this is happening to me there's not they don't necessarily always see the choice and i'm really intrigued in terms of your level of self-awareness and mind mastery and what how did you get there you know has it been through experience have you sought life coaching tell just my listeners a bit about that because there's a lot of ways to go about doing it well i think that and and why i was really fascinated to come and talk with you Mm -hmm. is because between uh our two um professions, um, marketing is really designing the outward journey, right? It Mm. is designing um, how you want to implement a brand, which is a message, in the world. Whereas what you do on the hypnotherapy side is somewhat of a 
awareness of the inward journey sure. and giving you some tools and support um, for that inward journey. And I always thought that that made for our conversation to be really fascinating because in our conversation you have the inward and the outward journey. Absolutely. So to answer your question, I, I have always been fascinated by the fact that you could implement a brand called Apple in the world and give it tremendous traction and value and aspiration. But it's the same thing that is also true on the inward journey. I love that you're talking about this. And I think what we're going to do when we come back from break is to talk more about that sort of journey. And we can talk about it from our two different perspectives. And it's so incredible because it also ties into the whole um, company that I've started with Aubrey Levitt, which is potentially human. And it's how do you humanize a company? We call it the humanization process. And it's how, how do you want to be seen as a company? Who are you? How do you behave? And what's your purpose? So people can connect with you. So we've, it's sort of a conglomeration of what we've both done. So when we come back from the break, we will begin to talk more about these journeys. And again, my your, this is your host, Alexandra Ginelli, on The Mental Sherpa Show with our guest, Marcus Glover. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit Thetaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aginelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to The Metal Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Alexandra Janelli, on The Mental Sherpa Show with our guest today, Marcus Glover. Marcus, we were just before the break talking about marketing and how our paths line up as me as the hypnotherapist and life coach helping people understand their journey internally for themselves and for you helping companies outwardly understand their journey of what they how they want to be seen in the world. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, great. Um, again, thank you, and uh, and I'm really enjoying the, the, the conversation. Me too. Um, you know, it's 
been a very, very fluid and dynamic part of my leadership and my work, which is to help create brands, which I translate brands into well-told stories. When I work with uh, individuals, um, frequently I work with celebrities, entertainers, athletes, who frequently come to me with the question, how, I, I want to I want to work on my brand. I, I, I'm, I'm at the point where I really need to brand myself. What does that mean? Yeah, that's a great question. It, it, and, and, and that's usually the first notion that I have to dispel. Um, because my belief and what I've argued for my career is that people are not brands. Um, people are not brands. We are storytellers. See, see. Here's the thing. If you walk into a uh, a convenience store, Dwayne Reed, a CVS, and you walk to the uh, pain relief aisle, mm -hmm. you will see just about eighty different types of Tylenol. There's Tylenol. There's Tylenol PM, there's Tylenol gel caps, there's Tylenol children's, there's, you know, there's a zillion different types of right. Tylenols, right? Oh, we're so lucky. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we got a thousand different kinds of pain relief. But the one thing is that Tylenol stands for one thing, pain relief. Okay. And that is what a brand is. A brand is a static entity that they deliver a brand message, a singular brand message that they want you to remember for the duration of your consumer life. Nike, just do it. They haven't veered away from that in 40 years. Tylenol, pain relief, they haven't veered for that in probably 80 years. Right. Whereas brands are static entities, people are dynamic. Right. So that's why I say we are storytellers. We're not static being when what was your brand when you were two years old? Were you, you know, sneezy, coffee, adamant, adamant, <laughs> you know, bratty. Fine, yep. OK, so, you know, between two and twenty two as you are right now. Oh, yeah. You, Thank you. You, that's you, so you, kind. you probably have changed a million times over. Yep. Your values, your your ideas about the world. You've changed, p pivoted a million different ways. So that's why I say we're not brands because we're not stuck. We're not static. We're storytellers. We evolve over time. Absolutely. And so, and so I, that's probably the first and the biggest thing that I try to help um, entities realize is that they are a story waiting to be told in a well-told fashion. Mm. And how do they receive that information? I think most um, are delighted. There's an awareness factor that begins to kick in because most people start to think, wow, well, what is my story? How is my story um, compelling? Mm -hmm. How can I improve my story? How can I improve my storytelling ability? Right. And so that those are the types of things that I begin to help um, people and entities to begin to consider. I really like that you sort of explain the process too because there's such a preconceived notion, limiting belief system around what marketing does. It's like you just come in there and you create this, someone creates this thing for you of how they perceive you and then they pitch it out. First getting to know you, understanding who you are, and helping you tell a story. That Well, that's exactly right. You everyone know, loves a story. Well, everyone loves a story and is a story. 
So, for example, <clears throat> where I realized the power of storytelling in my life was as a fourth grader. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a kid who grew up in Harlem, NYC, um, during a you know rough and tumble period in the 1970s, and as a fourth grader. I was carted out of uh, the inner city, and I went to school at very elite prep schools in in the Northeast, and it was pure culture shock um, because what I realized was how is my story reflected in this environment? How am I perceived to be you know unique in this environment? And I wasn't, you know. So the kids were dropped off you know, in high-end European automobiles by their, you know, butlers and drivers in the morning. And here I was, you know, on the sort of the yellow school bus. And so for the first few months, I just felt completely alienated because I did not have wealth and privilege. But one day, um, I used to enjoy, um, my mom is a school teacher, and our bonding was I used to grade papers with her. And one day she, she, um, she had a pen. I reached in her bag to grade papers and she had a pen. And the pen had an eraser on the top of it. And I said, what is this? And she said, it's a pen that erases. Mind blown. And mine completely <laughs> shattered the event. Like, don't erase. And I said, what is, why do you have it? She said, I took it from a student. If you remember back in that era, you could only write in pencil. Right? Okay? Pen was not even in Pen wasn't even allowed, yeah. okay? So I said to her, can I have it? And she said, no. Well, I took it anyway. And so the next day, (laughs) I showed up at this very elite prep school with the kids who were of wealth and privilege, and I sat in my class, and I just passively waved my eraser pen around, and all of a sudden, all the kids in my class were like, what is that? And I was like, oh, this little thing? This is my eraser pen. And they were like, where did you get it from? And I said well, you can't have one. And they said, why? And I said, because you're not in the pen club. And they were like, well, how do you get in the pen club? And they were like, and I said, well, you got to come through me to get in the pen club. (laughs) You created a niche. And I created my own little story, which was the pen club. And all of a sudden, I had everybody coming to me in the school saying, can I be in the pen club? And I was just like, well, we're accepting applications in a couple of weeks. Good for you. That was, to me, the power of being able to tell my story. And that's when I realized, I've, I think I've got something here. Well, you're also creating such an allure, right? You're kind of dangling this beautiful, sparkly thing that not everyone's going to go, I need to be in that club. But a good chunk of people wanted to be in that club. There's no question. you know. And I think that the greater thing, the greater insight that I think is valuable to people is, I tell people all the time, everybody can be great at something. Everybody's story is unique in Mm -hmm. one facet or another. And you don't have to tell, you know, the story of the Kardashians or, you know, the popular figures. If you are willing to dig in, here comes the inner journey part, and find, you know, some honesty with yourself and be courageous enough to determine and discover who you are, then that's what makes you unique. And that's what I think gives, on the outer side of the world, gives your story 
a really anchoring sense of importance in the world. uh, It's definitely true because you can see, even I see it with all my clients, they're so often, as we talked about with Dr. Terzaghi, um, we have a concept of what we're supposed to be, should be, could be. I mean, we truly should all over ourselves, right? Because when you're born and as a child, you become domesticated to the belief systems of what your environment expects of you, what your parents want you to be, because that's they typically want to give you what they didn't have or something along those lines. But then you get into this idea of, wait a minute, now I'm supposed to be a teenager, I'm supposed to be independent, what do I do now? You want me to like not listen to you all the time, but listen to you, and you start to build your own self-concepts of who do I want to be in the world? And it can be very confusing to want to be your genuine self, which can be very in contradiction in, to what the world wants of you or expects of you or you know, you'll come out in these very different ways, and that's where conflict arises. You're exactly right. I had this experience yesterday. Uh, I grew up in the business of advertising. For 20 years, I was uh, running ad agencies, and uh, I stepped away to do so many other things. But yesterday, I had the occasion to go back into one of the big ad agencies in New York City, Mm -hmm. you know, the Madison Avenue, the Madman Shops. And here I was at 9 o'clock in the morning. I got through reception, and I got on the elevator. And first of all, everybody was wearing black. And then everyone was wearing dark sunglasses, like the big, chunky, Fendi sunglasses. And I thought to myself, are you going to work or are you going to a funeral? Like, I could not understand... And I, you Might know, be I, one of the same. <laughs> well, that was my point. Death and myself. I, and I just thought to myself, if this brings you so much unhappiness, then why do you do it? You mm-hmm. know? And But to your point, I think it's because we have been conditioned that our careers are supposed to play out a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I have to stick to this story mm-hmm. because this is the only story that I know. And even though it makes me tremendously unhappy... I can't veer away from this story. I've Mm -hmm. got to stay in this story. Well, it's so interesting, too, because there's two ways to be driven in life, right? There's the fear, which is very motivational. It can either cause you to take inaction altogether, or you can be very motivated because you're like, I refuse to settle for this, and you get pushed by fear. But it's kind of like someone behind you pushing at you and shoving you, and there's a lot of resistance that happens. Who wants to be pushed from behind? So there, that's where the need to's, have to's, supposed to, shoulds come from. But then there's a another way to be, and there's another way to get motivated, which is really, there's a goal, a target you're looking for that's going to feel really good, whether it's being productive. It's typically a feeling, pride, accomplishment. Um, it'll be different for everybody, but that's kind of like the dangling carrot in front of you where you're like, I want that. And that's where the desire and that direct motivation comes from. It's like, I want more of that. And then you're not being pushed. You're actually running towards it, which is a lot more freeing. And it comes with a lot more confidence, intuitive, and certainty. And so it's how to begin to shift people from that fear place where I have to do this. You know, there's shit we have to do. But it's how do we begin to do it from a place of feeling more empowered and feeling more centered and aligned with who we are. And I think, you know, anytime, in, whether it's a company, a brand, an individual, you have to know who am I 
how do I behave, and who's in my tribe? So you can begin to build genuine relationships with the world around you. You don't, otherwise you're just living up to what everyone expects of you. And that really doesn't leave you feeling very centered. It kind of leaves you a little bit all over the place having to please. Yeah, it's exactly right. And um, it, you know, fulfillment is probably one of the bigger priorities in my life is a sense of personal fulfillment in every day. Um, and for me, I can honestly say that fulfillment has come in the shape of no two days being alike. Mm -hmm. um, there's routine is at a pretty minimal in my life because my interests are so diverse. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that my days are not challenging. Uh, I think they're probably more challenging than most. Um, however, I get personal fulfillment from knowing that I am living honestly with trust for myself, living up to my genuine interests mm -hmm. and putting myself forward, my attention, my passion, my conviction into things that I really want to live up to as opposed to what I do begrudgingly in life. So, How is that translating in your work? And how have you seen that shift over from when that maybe wasn't as present in your life? Well, I think um, before I even step into work, I think I can build better relationships. Mm -hmm. um, because what you have in me is a person who whose word is bond, for one. So. Yep. My, my yeas are, are yeas, my nays are nays. If I tell you I'm going to do something, then I put my whole self behind it. Right. Um, and I also feel very empowered to say no. Um, I feel very empowered that if that is off of my brand or not in my story, that I, I happily tell you I think you can be served better somewhere else. What a genuine and authentic way to live, right? Because we all think we have to do it and if I don't do it, I'm going to disappoint them but you might be doing them a huge favor saying no. Otherwise, they're going to get half of you or not that full passion and that just doesn't make for a good relation or project. I, I totally agree and I also think that's where a great sense of your own leadership comes from is from being honest and genuine within yourself. And that takes a lot of ego out, right? It sort of leaves you in a place of, I'm more connected to the universe and it doesn't have to just be all about me too, which is wonderful because that's the energy of leaders, which who doesn't want to be a leader? Well, some people don't and that's okay. That's okay. Um, what we're going to do when we come back from break is continue this conversation of how Marcus has really implemented some powerful marketing through his story into other people's stories. So when we come back, we will continue this discussion. Have a great break, guys. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit Thetaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aginelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to The Mental Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everybody, to The Mental Sherpa Show, where we're talking with Marcus Glover about storytelling and its place within marketing and really getting to know yourself as a brand, uh, whether you're a company or an individual. So what I wanted to jump into a bit is to discuss some tools that people can utilize in their life to begin to just even think about how to tell their story, um, how to find their uniqueness, how to, what is the process is it that you work with clients on? And people can also begin to use this in their individual life. Because I think as a life coach and hypnotherapist, it is how do you want to be seen in the world? And how do you begin to inspect your life with patience and kindness that you're not perfect and change can be a process to begin to shift those things? So, Marcus, tell us a bit about the process that one can enter into and think about. Well, great question. Um, I think when you begin, the storytelling um, aspects that, you know, whether you are a brand or person, um, it's important to come up with a sort of a, a, a story arc. Um, believe it or not, I actually think that feature filmmaking, movies, gives the best sort of roadmap that applies to brands and individuals and how we manifest story. So, for example, you take a character like Superman. The first thing that you recognize about Superman is Superman is super clear on his brand values, right? So that's like a very, very important thing is to really understand your brand values. Superman is very clear that he stands for one thing in the minds of people. He stands for the greatest fight between the forces of good and evil, Mm -hmm. right? So implicit in knowing who Superman is, Superman also knows who he is not, Okay, Superman, if he's living up to his values, he will never be what? He'll never be the club kid, right? Because what? That's off-brand. Right, He's like, okay, that's not what I do. Superman as a stay-at-home dad would be weird, right? Because that might be nice, but 
that's not the greatest fight that mankind can fight. And that fight is what Superman does better right. than anybody. So that's the first thing that is very, very important is to really understand your brand values. Like, you know, look, some people stand for a certain amount of badass, you know, that's totally. their brand. And you got to give them that. And I think just for my listeners, these things just don't come out of nothing, right? It's not like one day you're like, I'm going to be a badass. Mm -hmm. It comes from, like, look at um, Batman, right? It came from tragedy of losing his parents to some criminal on the street. That's correct. And it's sometimes through the most tragic and horrible moments within your life and within your story that you can begin to find passion and purpose and value, core values as well. So that's, that's a great example. That's absolutely right. And I think, you know, from there... I, I always look for a few things when put to, putting together a brand or a marketing plan. Um, actually, three things. Mm -hmm. Most brands are one or the other, or in some occasions, both. They are either transactional leaders or they are leaders of transformation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're a combination of both. So, for example... A company like Facebook. Facebook is the dominant transactional power in social media. They are, you know, more money than God, uh, more users than God. So they are a transactional powerhouse. But what Mark Zuckerberg uh, has done is has created transformational value. He's made social media and sharing with your friends very much a part of the cultural experience of the world. He then has gone on to make sure that internet access is a promise that is made to every person around the world. And so that is what he's endeavoring to do. So, so from a brand standpoint, Facebook is not just the cash cow. They are endeavoring to change the world through internet access. So that's both sides of so transactional leadership and transformational leadership. So their core values, if you look at it from that perspective, is connectivity and sharing. Correct. Okay. That's correct. That's an, it, It's such a nice message, right? Because once communication breakdowns, and you see this all the time in relationships, whether it's with your spouse, your children, your partner, your business partner, Communication is typically the root of all issues. When that breakdown happens, there tends to be a lot of conflict. Well, absolutely. And from a marketing standpoint, when you are not designing the communication, then typically you are um, suffering from it or the lack of communication or a lack of being able to communicate your brand or your brand message. Do you feel that companies that typically lose a lot of brand traction within the marketplace comes from a place of not understanding their brand, uh, growing too fast, sort of just following a market trend, and then not really being authentic to what their original mission was. What's your thought process on that? Well, yeah, I mean, communication is both communicating and listening. And typically that is a greater part of you know brand disintegration and breakdown is from not being a good enough listener not understanding you, you know this might be what i think about me but this is not what the world thinks about me and you know frequently consumers might 
have an unfavorable opinion about a brand that a brand is not quick enough to recognize or doesn't absorb fully enough in order to make you know the ne- the necessary pivots what would a strong ego look like in a company like if they were just so egotastic what would that look like for you well you know that's a great question um I would argue that in the media world that the media landscape of yesterday, most brands were just purely egotistical. They, you know, um, had the powerhouse, the capacity to shout their message. It was very dictatorial. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very one way. But in this area of media, brands are dictated to by audiences, consumers. Um, you don't tell consumers who you are, they tell you who they are. Um, so in today's you know sort of media paradigm, I don't think that you can have an ego. I think that mm. you are only able to be successful by allowing people to say who you are. You know, so it's the difference between um, the example I give is Um, a guy goes to a party and he walks into the party and the best way to be received in the party is everybody whispers, hey, Marcus is here. The other way to be be received unsuccessfully is to walk into that same party and to walk around to each person in the party and say, hi, my name is Marcus. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm not a jerk. So, yeah. so by the time you finish telling everybody, I'm Marcus, I'm not a jerk, at the end of the night, everybody says to each other, did you meet that guy Marcus? What a jerk he is. Totally. Okay. Even planting the seed of, he, I'm not a jerk. It's like, where do you come at that so defensively that you have to preempt that state? Yeah. And frequently, that's how brands communicate themselves Mm. so they do communicate defensively and so they are not clear on you know sort of their emotion their heart space and how to connect hearts with with Mm. their audiences it's funny i would argue a little differently i think we're both on the same page but i sort of think brands from my perspective and people need to know a bit about who they are too Mm -hmm. and what their mission is i i do believe that brands also get dictated by the consumer as well but i think that's more secondary feedback that can help them right it's kind of like that what we talked about earlier and failure it's not failure it's just information to help you pivot so maybe the consumer is just secondary data to the primary data of who do i want to be where then then the company can say kind of like a southwest airlines would do we're the no frill airline right if we humanize them as we do with my company potential human they're kind of like the plain jane right we don't offer a lot of frills we just get you where you want to go but then the consumers are like oh you should totally offer food and you should do this and they're like no that's not who we are yeah, I don't necessarily think that's often a brand bad thing. No, totally. You know, um, y- y- you know. I guess it's said that the only bad conversation is the one that's never had, right? Yes. And so, as long as consumers are, you are in the conversation in the lexicon of conversation, then that's a good day, right? right. Um, it's it's. Um, they used to say that the the Volkswagen Beetle. 
Um, it was just such a polarizing car. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. But Volkswagen was never defensive. They, their posture was, we would rather be loved or hated, just not ignored. And so that it's is the such power. A great, of, and, yeah. and that's such a great way to approach it. Mm-hmm. It's like we love who loves us. We acknowledge who doesn't. But Absolutely. We, but at least we're on someone's mind. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's the, you know, in many ways you see how brands, you know, with their tremendous spending power and human capital behind them, they're really no different than our own personalities. They are very much an extension of who we are as as people. Right. And what do you want to be seen with, right? It's like, do you want to be seen with a Samsung or an Apple? You know, do you want to be seen wearing Prada and Gucci or do you want to be seen wearing Forever 20? It's completely up to you. It's it, as a stylist would tell you. And we're going to have actually uh, a stylist on the sh- one of the next cu- coming episodes. You have to know what the messages you're trying to portray. That's absolutely right. So it's always so interesting to think about that on a marketing standpoint as well. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um no, I totally love uh, the ability to come in and to help to redirect that story, help to clarify and create a better brand impression and better reception uh, in the world by just clarifying the values and the story. And again, that to me is very reflected in the quality of the work that you do. So in some ways, you're kind of like a brand story coach. The same way that you are uh, a Sherpa, I often call myself a creative (laughs) Sherpa. (laughs) Definitely. It's helping people just get a different perspective. I mean, we're not here to tell you what to do, right? No, not at all. That doesn't work so well. That's frequently how I describe my work is there's no judgment. I just... You know, if you look at that mountain peak, it's for you to decide where you want to go. I actually ask people, you point to where you want to go. And then what I can help you to do is tell you how much rope you need or or yeah. how, you know, a Sherpa in the sense that I use the storytelling tactics to be mm-hmm. able to help people achieve their goals. Right. And, it, you know, as I always insist on explaining to my clients, I don't have the answers. I truly don't. Mm-hmm. No one knows you or your brand or what you're doing better than yourself. And so I'm just here to sort of inspect it, read between the lines, pull out things that I'm hearing, ask you empowering questions. To get you thinking differently, to get you thinking outside your own box, which is, you know, I for me, I know the word coach has such a weird connotation, but it we're really here to sort of tap into your mind on a different level. Absolutely. And then create this whole new recipe for success with you. Absolutely. I feel like uh, I want to do a couple of days of... Uh research and understanding of your work better. I think it'll help to improve my my work as well. Well, I think you're so, having worked with you once before, just so you could get a taste of what I do, you're so self-aware and that is always the first step. You have to be aware that there's something that's not working and it might not actually be a problem. It might actually just be a conflict of what I'm supposed to do versus what I innately know I want to do. And how do you, you might find it's not a problem at all. And then you might find, you know, it's not a problem. How do I just pivot? How do I shift? Oh, oh shit, I'm going up the mountain and there's a roadblock. 
you can't just give up. I mean, you can. It's a choice. Well, I think that's exactly right. I think <clears throat> my work has really been instructive on some of those themes in my life that you're talking mm -hmm. about. When you take the judgment out of, um, you know, for example, a company, they need to bolster sales. They're going to put stuff on sales. They don't start feeling bad about themselves because they need to put merchandise on sale. They just put it on sale. But frequently, when we pivot or when I have pivoted, you know, it's caused so much, you know, doubt in myself and sadness. So a lot of my awareness work has just been around um, trying to be a little less harsh and judgmental of myself and realizing these things called conflicts are actually gifts to redirect my path. Good things are always great. Then there's the troublesome stuff, which is just an opportunity. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. For my listeners, if they wanted to contact you or work with you, how can they find you? What's the best way? Sure. Uh, I think the best thing is I'm in social media at Marcus GLO on, on Twitter, Instagram, um, at Marcus GLO. I'm also, uh, I can be emailed at Marcus GLO at Gmail easy enough yeah. well thank you so much for being here with us today and for all my listeners we'll talk with you next week this is alexandra janelli with the mental sherpa have a great rest of your day thank you again for tuning into mental sherpa by theta spring Host Alexandra Janelli hopes you'll join her for another edition next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a nice week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.